estate and retirement planning? Well, I went to school so you don't have to. Welcome to Finances and with Kathy and Jennifer. Welcome to Finances and Disability Insurance. I'm Jennifer and I'm here with Kathy. How was your week? It was great. (laughs) What'd you do? I was able to spend almost a week with my kids and their spouses and my son-in-law's mom and sister. And it was so much fun. We went to Maine and spent all of our time outdoors. It was a terrific vacation. I see a different background. What's new? Well, we have moved. We're kind of in that weird spot of toggling between two places right now. But I do have a story about the move. (laughs) What's that? (laughs) Well, in our podcast, when we talked about buying and selling homes, we talked about requesting different things from the house that aren't in the original purchase agreement. And I said that, you know, we always ask for the washer dryer, right? Stuff that we convey. Yes. So we asked for the washer dryer right away, like at the beginning, and the seller signed off on that and agreed to it. This is a plug for, I don't remember if we talked about it in the podcast or not, but if we didn't, you really want to make sure that you do a walk, a final walkthrough before you do the close, before Mm -hmm. you close on the house. And I mean, that's not something that our realtor really brought up. We knew to do it because we had purchased a house in the past and we'd done it. So we specifically requested and said, Hey, can we do a final walkthrough before the close? And you know, it was no problem, but we went through the final walkthrough and there was no washer dryer Uh in the house. (laughs) So we had a bit of a panic moment. We talked to the person that was with us and, you know, she said, did you request it or was it in the original agreement? And, you know, we went through the whole thing. So she made some calls and It turns out that the seller just apparently didn't read very carefully what he signed. Mm -hmm. And he had no idea that he had agreed to give us the washer dryer. Uh Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Uh-oh. But he was, he said it was just in storage 15 minutes away. So we had to create another addendum and we all had to sign it before we signed the closing documents. And then he brought it to us afterwards. So it was a bit of an extra hassle and kind of a hiccup, but it all worked out. But it just reminded us how important that final walkthrough is, because if we hadn't done that, then we would have been in the house and with no washer dryer and we would have signed everything. I'm not sure. I I think we would have been out out of luck if we had just signed everything and gone to the house without it. So it's possible, although it was in the paperwork, but you're right. It's it's good that you caught it so you could have that conversation beforehand. So it wasn't a surprise to him later where he's like, no, we already signed everything. But what he right. signed did say he would leave you that. Yeah. So maybe they still would have been able to do another addendum and still get it taken care of. We were a little concerned. We were like, did he do this on purpose? Was he trying to pull one over on us and that sort of thing? And it turns out, I think he just, he didn't read <laughs> what he signed and he didn't know that he had agreed to give it to us. <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you know that your job was the most important asset that you have? You know, your home is really important and your car, but your job is actually your most important asset because if you can't make a living due to a disability, then you're not going to be able to keep your house and your car and those types of things. So disability insurance is going to be important to have because it's going to cover a portion of your income while you are disabled, which could be temporarily disabled or permanently disabled. And this is something that you really want to think about if you are kind of living paycheck to paycheck, you really rely on that paycheck for 
all of your expenses, then this is something that you should have coverage for. According to NerdWallet, one in four people from the ages of 20 to 67 will use disability insurance for 90 days or more. So it's easy to believe that this won't happen to you. You won't be affected by a disability on the job or anything, but it might not be something that you are initially thinking of. So you might not be thinking about some sort of accident that happens to you where you can't can't work. It could be something like um, it could be a heart attack or cancer or diabetes and and that you're incapacitated in those ways and need disability insurance. As you think about whether or not you might need this, you want to be thinking about how long are you prepared to live without being paid if an event like this happens to you? Yeah. So I have a family member that was at work and actually had an accident in the parking garage. Then they were trying to argue whether it was at work or not. They were, you know, but they were in the parking garage because of where they were working and they ended up seriously injuring themselves there and they're not able to work at all. So that's something to be thinking about as well. And again, any kind of insurance is planning for an accident that you don't plan on having, right? Insurance is you saying, if this happens, I don't want more to pile on. I want to be able to take care of this so that I can fix it. So you have insurance for your car because you don't want to be, now that you've had this accident, you don't want to be without your car. That's the whole purpose of insurance in itself is to be so that you can go on with your life. So you kind of have to plan for an accident, which sort of seems like a weird thing. There are different kinds of disability insurance. So your company may offer long-term or short-term or both disability insurance, and it's going to replace a part of your salary generally up to $10,000. So what we're listing here is just some general rules for it, but this is basically short-term insurance. It's going to replace approximately 60 to 70% of your base salary. So if you have bonuses and those types of things, it's not going to cover that. There's going to be some sort of a waiting period, and that could be anywhere from one month to two years. You're going to be able to take short-term disability for one month to two years, somewhere in there, depending on what your company's offering you. But you'll need to wait to actually start collecting on it until your sick leave is over most of the time. There might be a two-week wait before you actually start collecting short-term disability after you've used what sick leave you have. And then this is available to almost all occupations. It's not specific to some kind of a job or another. Where long-term disability is where you're going to be needing this insurance for a longer period of time. The benefits will end when your disability ends, or it will go on for a set number of years, or it could even end at a certain age, like say 70. It's only going to provide you though 40 to 60% of your base salary. You're probably going to have to wait 90 days before long-term benefits start to kick in, because again, they're expecting you to use your short-term disability prior to long-term disability. And long-term disability may only be applicable to certain types of skills that need to be performed. So for example, if you are a surgeon and you lose the use of one of your hands, you're still capable of finding another job. You would still be able to be a teacher or administrator or some other type of a job. So that's one of the reasons that the disability goes down because they're expecting that you can find another job of some kind that you'll be able to perform other work. It just won't be at surgery or something where you're going to need your fine skills like that. Kathy mentioned that for long-term disability, you may need to wait up to 90 days before you start getting long-term disability. And that's because 
when something like this happens, you're going to first need to take your sick leave that you have. Then you would go on short-term disability and finally long-term disability if needed. So most often you would get this insurance through a group plan at work, but you need to confirm with your company to make sure. Group policies like these provided by the employer may have more restrictions than an individual policy. You may have more restrictions than an individual policy you might purchase for yourself, but it may cost more. So what are some of the ways to get disability insurance? So like we just said, you can sign up with your work. You can... So you can sign up at work for something that they already offer. You can, there might also be the possibility to buy disability insurance through your work. And that's because they, as a company, if they're not offering it as a perk for employment, they might be offering it as a way to buy it through work because as a company, they'll have lower prices. And so it'll be easier for you to, or cheaper for you to be able to purchase insurance at work instead of trying to go out and buy it on your own. Gotcha. So yeah, because the, the other options would be to go out and buy it on your own, either through a professional association or from your agent that you have your other insurance through. And that could be more expensive. Yeah. And that's just because there's going to be a lot of options that you can take if it's on your own. So again, I mentioned the surgeon who maybe could no longer operate, but can teach or have some other skill that they'd be able to use, but that pay might be less. And so that insurance might cover the delta between what they're currently making after being injured and what they used to make as a surgeon. So that's one of the reasons that the offering percentage goes down is because it's only paying for a part of your salary. Because most of the time, someone disabled could go on and work at a different type of job than maybe they were originally hoping to do, but they still have the skills available to them to do that. If you're going to buy insurance on your own and you buy an individual policy, you're going to be able to pick and choose different kinds of benefits and the providers that, that you're offered that from. So that'll be your option instead of having to go with what your employer offers you. The coverage that you buy moves with you. So if you purchase disability insurance on your own, then you go to a different job that's still your disability insurance. It doesn't matter where you're working, you'll be able to collect on it if you have to collect on it. Versus if you're using your employer's disability insurance policy, then that can either be low or no cost to you at all if they're offering it. It's easy to get on a policy with a group plan, which is what I was saying earlier, that if it's a group plan, it's there's not as many restrictions to join onto it, but there are restrictions usually on how you can collect on it. And then for both, you are going to be taxed on any money that you receive. You're going to get that as part of your income, and so you're going to have to claim that on your income tax later. You may pay more or less if you're purchasing this yourself based on a few different types of criteria. One would be your age. Obviously, if you're older, then you you have the potential to pay more. Your gender also. Women typically pay more for disability insurance. Why is that, Kathy? It's because women tend to take disability insurance more often. And I'm I believe part of that is because short-term disability is what's considered maternity leave. And so they would take that short-term disability while they're home with their child. They can still collect a portion of their salary, but they're on this short-term disability and then they can come back and work. You can also add on to, as I did with my second child, Family Medical Leave Act, I believe it was called. And that was then at the time, and this is 25 years ago, at the time it was two months unpaid leave, but you could be guaranteed your job when you got back. So there was there was some period of time that you could extend it if you wanted to, not just short-term disability. 
Okay. Interesting. You may pay a higher premium if you smoke. Also, your job itself and the job duties that you have, if you have a more high risk job, then you may be paying more for disability insurance. What are some examples of high risk jobs? Pilots, commercial fishermen, people in the logging industry, where you are working in a job where there is very obvious risk involved in your life. And so if they're insuring you, again, this is if you're buying it on your own, then they have the opportunity to charge you a higher premium because you have a greater chance of having something happen to you. Yeah. So some other criteria would be what just what the definition the provider has of disability. So you want to make sure you know what you're getting to know what's going to be covered on that as well. The length of the waiting period. Sooner your benefits start. If you want the benefits to start the next day after you're disabled, then the premium might go up for that. So if you are wanting a larger portion of money to be paid to you instead of the 40 to 60%, you'd rather have 70 to 80% of it repaid to you. Again, your premium will go up so that because if you're going to be injured, then they're going to have to pay out more. Okay. Also the length of the benefits. The longer that you want to get benefits, if you, instead of for six years, you want to make sure that you get benefits till you're 70 and that wasn't the companies, then you can pay more to get that the benefits for a longer period of time. Again, this is all if you're still disabled. I mean, if you, if you are no longer disabled, none of this counts anymore. And there's also the consideration of the cost of living adjustments. And if the cost of living increases, how much of that is going to be covered with your policy as well? Basically, you just have to decide how much money are you going to need? How much are you going to want your benefits? When do you want your benefits to start? How long do you want your benefits to last? And really, what is a definition of a disability based on your job? All of those things are covered in those additional costs that Jennifer just mentioned. Social Security also pays a disability payment, but it's really hard to get and it takes a long time to qualify for it. The payments in general are also considered low. In 2017, the average payment was $1,172. A month. And so if you've worked and paid into FICA, which is the Federal Insurance Contribution Act, so the FICA that they take out of your paycheck, then you are qualified to receive this disability. For example, it might not kick in till six months after your disability, and it may only last for one year. So again, this is not going to necessarily, first of all, you're going to have to wait. And can you wait six months before you get any additional income? That income might only be about $1,000 a month, and then it's only going to last you a year. So there's no reason not to apply for it, but it might not what you want to rely on for your disability. Your state may also offer some plans. So again, you want to look into that when you're starting to decide how much disability insurance and if your state's offering it, how that can coordinate with disability insurance you might be purchasing. And of course, if you are injured at work, you can apply for workman's comp, workman's compensation, because that's going to replace some of your salary if you're injured at work. So most injuries, though, do not occur at work. They occur outside of work, and then you wouldn't qualify for that. However, you still qualify under your work's disability insurance because that is on you no matter where you become disabled. You could fall off a ladder at your home. But again, higher risk jobs are going to have more people injured than teacher for example. So how much do you need? You want to consider your typical expenses when you're thinking about how much you're going to need to live off on if you need to use this money. So you want to consider how much your mortgage or your rent is each month, how much you're budgeting for food and household items. If you have any loans that you're paying off or car payments, 
childcare needs that you need to pay for, utilities, any other regular expenses. You also don't want to forget about your savings because even though you're out of work and you are using this money from disability, you still want to be saving as well. So don't forget about that when you're trying to consider how much you would need. That's a good point because retirement's not going to go away just because you got disabled. So you want to be thinking about still putting money aside from your disability payments into your retirement accounts because that's still going to come up on you. So it's something else you need to budget for. And I'm going to suspect most people don't think about, I need money for savings. They're just thinking I need money to live for those basic needs. So that's a good point. Especially you're not getting your full paycheck either. That, you know, could certainly put a strain on things. Very much so. Very much so. If you choose to buy your own policy, there are many different options that you can choose from, some of which we listed. But you can also make sure that your policy might include hospice care. It might include paying off of student loans. It might include unemployment waivers. If you become unemployed, you don't have to pay for your policy and yet still be able to collect on it or not. There's just a number of things to consider when you're purchasing your own and or be sure and ask what it is that your employer is actually offering to you. What are the requirements of collecting disability at your at the company you're currently at? So you want to get this before you get sick. Obviously, you need to have it before that. So again, you know, this is all this is all part of your planning and what you're anticipating and you hope will never happen, but you want to be prepared in case it does. Apply while you're healthy. It can't be canceled as long as your monthly payments are made. And you can customize it as you want. Anything else? Disability? That's all for this week. All right. Thanks for listening to Finances and Disability Insurance. We know you chose to listen and we're grateful. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share and consider leaving a review because it helps us bring financial education to others and it helps people find us more easily. Please let us know what questions you'd like answered on our Facebook page at Finances and or by going to our website at financesand.net. You now can find infographics on these topics at our website or here in the show notes. Finances and does not provide tax or legal advice and nothing in this podcast is to be construed as such. Always consult a tax, accounting or legal professional for advice on your specific situation. Remember, I went to school so you don't have to. 